Did you get that? I'm so confused. Also, ich verstehe nur Bahnhof. You only understand train station? It's all Greek to me. Understanding train station. Living between cultures with Josh and Faley. Well, welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome to the second episode of Understanding Train Station. If you're new here, welcome. Um, if you didn't know, you can also watch us on YouTube if you're listening currently. If you're watching on YouTube, you can also listen to us as a regular podcast. And um, if you're wondering what the name means, you should check out episode one because that's where we explained it. Or you're German and you understand anyway. Or just give yourself some time <laughs> and think about it if you do speak German. Yeah. It can, it can, it's a little confusing. So go check out episode one and we uh, explain a little more in detail. But for everyone who's coming in for the first time, maybe my name is Josh. My name is Felicia, in German Felicia, usually I go by Feli, so I have a, a lot of different names. Very, different variations. <laughs> different variations. You also have Yoshi yeah. when you're in Germany. <laughs> I, there's Josh, there's Josh, there's Joshua, Joshua, Yoshi, yep. lots of different versions. Lots of different but. names. But yeah, no, last episode... Um, I realized afterwards that we were supposed to talk about our first culture shocks, and mm -hmm. we did. Yeah. But we also, and like to explain that a little bit better, first culture shocks when you first visited Germany and I first visited the US. Mm -hmm. um, but afterwards, I realized that we talked a lot about bathrooms. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I think that was because my first culture shock was the, the bathroom, the doorknob. Yeah, and I had a lot of culture shocks or like experiences with bathrooms too. And I realized that I forgot a few things that I wanted to mention. So I'm not going to like go into detail now, but yeah. I just wanted to mention them and like add that to the last episode because on my list, I also had that some of my first culture shocks were like the small talk, which like, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the big topics for yeah. every European or especially Germans. Yeah. Just getting used to how friendly people were mm -hmm. and like, interpreting that and kind of yeah. like dealing with that because in the beginning as a German you're like you it kind of makes you suspicious almost. yeah I, that I think for me a big re reverse culture shock coming back to the US is getting used to the small talk again I'm yeah just, I always think of one of the professors that I had at, uh, at, U, at UC at, uh, in college and she used to say she was German and when she first came to the US when people would randomly come up to her and say hi how are you doing or want to talk to her She, she said her internal dialogue was, I don't know you, I don't want to know you, don't talk to me. Yep. And I think that's the mentality of a lot of Germans. Yeah. Not, not in a mean way, it's just you're not used to it. So when I come back to the U.S. Um, from spending an extended period of time in Germany, that's definitely something that I notice as well. Yeah, not in a mean way, that's true. But like for me coming back as a reverse culture shock thing, I sometimes find that sad because like mm -hmm. you're kind of like born with it or you grow up with it. So it's normal to you to think that, that strangers should not approach you. And if they yeah. do, you usually think, what do you want from me? Do you want like, do you want to sell drunk. me something? Are you weird? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, I find that a little sad. I wish we could change that a little bit in German culture. But anyways, yeah, just like the small talk and the friendliness, also like people telling you all these over the top things in the beginning, like yeah. we're so happy that you're here. And you're just like, wait, you, you didn't even know I was coming. Like, you don't even know me. How can you be so happy that I'm here? You know, like all yeah. these like over the top compliments or like your English is so good. Oh my yeah. God. And I was like 16 and I knew that my English wasn't super, super good. I just saw recently one of our German friends posted something, I think on Instagram mm -hmm. saying, this is the most American sentence you'll ever see. What and, was it? And it was a picture of their dog. Okay. Um, And they sent it to someone who was American. They responded back, oh, OMG, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, right. It get, is it really, though? 
It's probably not, but... Is it? Yeah. Another thing I had written down was that everything's huge. And I did mention in the yeah. last episode that, like, the grocery stores are so huge and the onions and, like, the produce yeah. itself. But what I also wrote down was streets, just that, like, a lot of streets are super wide. Yeah. And going with that, cars... Just like huge. huge cars that I'd never seen in my life. Like you don't, I'm pretty sure they're not allowed on European or German streets. Probably. Well, e- even some if they're not those, allowed, they just wouldn't fit. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to fit through some streets. De- definitely not into some parking spots, even like on regular parking lots. Like yeah. the the painted yeah, the actual parking spots. Spot. Yeah, they're usually much smaller. Um yeah, just like those huge trucks with the double tires and yep. then like four uh-huh. doors and, and then there's still a truck thing yeah, in the back. Yeah, even the pickup trucks in Germany look small compared yeah. to what you see here. Yeah, and we don't really have a lot of pickup trucks. Um, and yeah, with streets, just like having those streets with like, I don't know, six, seven lanes and it's not even an interstate. Yeah, that's funny because that for me, the, the reverse of that, I remember one of the first times I was in Germany, I think it was in Bamberg. And there were all of these tiny little streets, and I was in the car with someone who was from there, yeah. and they were flying, yeah. like, they, like it was no one's business. Like, I was like, "You're gonna hit this house." So the, I, I would say the what you're you're acclimated to or what you're used to really, I don't know. It's just interesting. Like the perception of space, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure, different. definitely. So that was that was kind of a culture shock for me while yeah. I was in Germany. Absolutely. Um, I know you didn't want to talk about bathrooms anymore. No, no, no. We, we can definitely lot. talk about bathrooms. But I have to say, I was talking about in the last episode about the small sink that my friend has yeah. in their guest bathroom. And I was at a restaurant the other day. In Cincinnati? In Cincinnati. Actually, we were there together. I forgot to mention it. Um, but it was at, I think it's called the Flying Pig, which oh, is yeah. a Cincinnati yeah. thing. Um, but in the bathroom, there was this, uh, the sink was that size. Really? Yeah. And I had never seen that in the U S before, but it made me think of that. Well, that restaurant was like located in an old house. Yep. Like where there was, it was a very confined space, so Mm -hmm. it makes sense. But yeah, I I just, I thought that was interesting since we just talked about it in the last episode. Yeah. Um, well, the very last thing that I had written down regarding space or like size was um, the first time I went shopping. I mean, obviously like everything's bigger as we talked about before, like the mall is bigger. There's just, the parking lot is huge. But then like I went into a store, I think it was like Macy's or something. And I like tried on clothes for the first time. And the changing rooms are so big, like compared to Munich at least. Yeah. I don't want to talk for entire Germany, but Munich is just a very dense city and even the the, the expensive stores don't have a lot of space. So like I don't know if I've ever been in a changing room in a German they're tiny. store. Tiny. There's some stores where they can't even fit a mirror mirror yeah. in the um in the fitting rooms, some where you, like you literally can't even turn around. Like yeah. you can hardly turn around yeah. and hardly like get your pants on and off. Um and I was in this huge thing that was like almost like a small room. Like you could have fit Maybe almost a bad in there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, no, for sure. That's oh. very common. I will say, though, I've been to, I think it was Old Navy here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And it's depending on the store that you're in, they have different concepts, obviously. But this one, they didn't really have real changing rooms. Mm-hmm. Or maybe for the women they did. But there, throughout the, the, the store, they had these random, like, drapes that were hanging. So you could go into a... It was, like, right in the smack dab in the middle of the, the jeans section. But you could just pull the drape in front of you and, like hide from everyone and there was like a little hook that you could 
put the drape on so okay. people can't open it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just changed in there. But wait, but... is it like was it like that all around, or were there like two walls and then the, instead it was, of a door? It was like there were three walls, and then instead of a okay. door, they just had this. Because that you will find a lot in Germany. Yeah, yeah. But I hadn't seen. I don't think I've seen that anywhere else besides at Old Navy here in the U.S. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Like usually, there's actual yeah. doors. Normally, and it's a bedroom. Yeah, like there's definitely going to be a chair and there's definitely going to be at least one mirror and it's, yeah, usually super comfortable. Yeah. Um, and that was it. That was So those were your, my... your culture shocks that we didn't get to talk to <laughs> or talk about yeah. last time since we were so involved in the bathroom the topic. Bathroom, yep. <laughs> Just but, a little addition. Yeah, no, that's that's great. So moving on to, I think, what the topic that we want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, today, week, right? drum roll. <laughs> we couldn't come up with the perfect title for this, but kind of we're, we're thinking, and it'll probably show up differently on the actual, the, the title no, that people see. No, we're going to commit now. We're committing now? <laughs> we're committing well, now. Well, adulting 2.0, life outside of the classroom is kind of what we've talked about. Yeah. Um, generally, we're wanting to, or we, we thought it would be an interesting thing to talk to you guys about kind of the smaller differences and things that you first learn about when you're no longer in a classroom learning a language or about a culture, but when you're really out in the streets living life. Yeah. And so like this can regard language and also just everyday experiences. So pretty much like with language, you arrive in this new country and you think you know the language, like you do know the language, you're able to write essays about globalization, have like presentations in that language, you can read books in that language, but then suddenly you're in this everyday life situation and you don't know how to order the food at the restaurant or you're like, you don't know how to, what to say to the cashier at the store. Or or not even necessarily what to say, but Mm -hmm. what the process is. Yeah, that too. So like, that's the other part I I was going to say, like, there's this one part about language. And then the other part is like, where I think we, we said like adulting 2.0 is where like all these processes were like, I came to the U S for like a long, longer period of time when I was 22. So like, I thought I had figured life out Uh to a certain extent. Like at least I knew how to handle everyday tasks. And then you come to this new country and suddenly you don't know how to do those things anymore and you feel really stupid and you kind of have to relearn those things. Yeah, and I would say that actually kind of plays into what we were saying about regarding uh, culture shocks as well is you're so used to in the culture that you grow up in everything, just knowing how to do everything because you grew up in it and you've never had to think about the stuff that you learned when you were three, four, five, yeah. just from watching your parents and how they navigated life in, yeah. in America. Or... And you, you didn't even realize that there would be another way that this could be done. Pretty exactly. Much. <laughs> so I think that can be one of the most jarring things when you first get to a new country or in a new culture is the things that you know how to do that come so naturally to you in your own culture can prove to be a challenge and oftentimes challenges that you don't expect. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we both just wrote down a couple notes about some things that we've run into in our lives, um, from living in a foreign country, mm-hmm. fairly here in the U S and me when I'm, I've been in Germany and we just thought we would give you guys a heads up on some of the things that you can expect and hopefully yep. you can, uh, avoid some of the uncomfortable experiences that we've had in the past. Yeah. Or maybe you can relate. Exactly. Or, or have just like, relate. have had similar experiences in other countries, like something yeah. completely different culture background. Um, yeah, and, like, the first thing that I wrote down was just, like, tying back to the last episode because, like, the bathroom things were definitely part of that because, like, yeah. you, I mean, did you know how to lock the door or no? Like, I knew how to lock the door, you, but now that you're talking about bathrooms, I didn't even, <laughs> I think we maybe learned about it in class, but I didn't realize that you have to pay for the bathroom oftentimes oh, right. in public places. Mm-hmm. So I specifically remember being in the train station 
and thinking this is the most high-tech bathroom I've ever seen because... Oh, yeah, it's the, the Sani Fair Yeah, right, right there at the bottom of the escalators in the yeah. Munich, um, Munich train station. Because, yeah. first of all, I didn't know that... Well, you pay, so you know, oftentimes have coins in Germany, and that's actually one of the topics I wrote down was yeah, so just we, currency and, and banking. In Germany, if you don't know, most people tend to use cash, or it's very common to use cash for smaller amounts um, or for, for, yeah, for smaller amounts of things that you have to pay, like the bathroom. Yeah. So first of all, I didn't even have the right quote unquote wallet when I was in Germany. I think there's a clear difference between wallets in Germany, at least for men. I don't know women cause women tend to have bigger wallets in general. I've never bought a wallet in the U S for myself. I've bought one for my ex-boyfriend and I tried to find one with like a, a coin, coin pocket. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like and a little coin pouch. <laughs> and that, that was a big issue I had when I first got there was one of the first things I had to do was figure out where can I get a wallet so I can manage all of the coins I'm getting. Yeah. But the quickest thing that you can do to get rid of coins in Germany, in my opinion, is go to the bathroom <laughs> because it's oh, perfect. Public bathrooms, public that bathroom, is. Yes. Not within like restaurants or stores or something or like that. Or you could that. just be generous in the restaurants and mm-hmm. leave something on the tray for that. Oftentimes there's a little person. I say little. There's a real person. <laughs> a little person. <laughs> They're not all little people, but... Um, but yeah, so off, you can just leave a tip for them. That's a nice thing to do. Yeah, but okay, let's let's go. We've but kind yes, of like touched we, on so many different <laughs> topics already. So let's maybe stick with the with the first experience that you had yes. at the train station. Yes. Yeah, so going to the bathroom, you have to pay to get in, and then oftentimes you get like a little coupon. Mm-hmm. So this is this specific um, company, I guess. Is it a chain? I, yes, I, it's a I, chain. I think I've so seen like it. they run these like really clean public bathrooms at a lot of the rest stops um, on highways in Germany, um, as you said, mm-hmm. train stations. I think, honestly, that's pretty much the only places I've ever seen them. Yeah. Like usually when you travel, you will come across these bathrooms by Zani Fair and they're extremely clean. Mm-hmm. So that's like why it's okay for me, at least for me, it's okay to pay for those. Yeah. Um, but it's it's an actual system where like you can't even get in if you don't. Yeah, pay. there are turnstiles, turnstiles to get in. Yeah. Well, I say turnstiles. It's normally like these automated doors. Yeah. No, I think there is both. I've I've, I've seen turnstiles okay. too. Yeah. But so like you put it into the machine and yeah. then you get. Do you get the ticket right away? I, I think, think you get the ticket right yeah. away. Yeah. And so I then, think it's usually seventy cents if I remember correctly. I don't remember exactly. Um, so I want to say it's seventy cents. Then you like can use the bathroom and everything's great, um, everything's clean, there's soap and everything. And the ticket is um, where it says 50 cents coupon, right? Yeah, I think normally- I think there's also some t- systems where we actually get some money back, but I think this one- This is what I'm saying. The yeah. bathrooms are complicated It's complicated. See, even I, like I grew up there and I can't even remember now. <laughs> when depending on the company, you're gonna have a different system. But essentially the way I remember it is I paid to get in, I got this little coupon. Yeah then you're able to get out without any issue. Yeah. But then you can only use that coupon in that train station or wherever. I'm not, no, actually, I'm pretty sure that like wherever you will find a sunny for a bathroom, you can use that. So like usually when you're on a road trip, so yeah. for me, just like I have all these memories when going on vacation as a kid, every stop that you take while you're on the road, there will probably be a sunny fair mm-hmm. um, bathroom. And with these coupons, you can um, pay for whatever you get at the gas station like a shop, of water but also or... like at the next one and the next yeah. one. So. I guess then it's just at participating locations. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm not sure what it's like at the at the train station in Munich. I feel like you might be able to pay for all the stores that are within the train station. That's what I guess too. It would be nice if you wanted to go get like a little bread roll or something. Yeah, I don't know if the for fifty cents yeah. you can get a, a nice, nice little snack in in Germany. 
But yeah, that was, um, I forget exactly how we got on the topic of bathrooms again. I think I just said like, yeah, because I said like the first thing that makes you feel really dumb was yeah. for me was like, I told that story last time is when I tried to shower for the first time in the US and I didn't know how uh -huh. to turn on the shower. Yeah. And it's like those kind of things where like you, like you don't even remember when's the last time that you had to think about it. Had, yeah. So it just makes you feel really lost and dumb in, in yeah. a way. But yeah, so that was your first experience. Mm -hmm. And then you also touched on the topic of... Coin, banking, coinage, banking. Money, yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little? Yeah, so I would say starting kind of with the coins, right? Like I mentioned, you use a lot of, of cash in Germany, so yeah. you get a lot of coins because they're... The equivalent, we'll say the equivalent of the $1 bill is a one euro coin. Yeah, and, and there's a two, a two euro, euro coin. Yeah. And then you have all of the coins that are smaller than that. Yeah, and we have a lot and of there's, those. And there are a lot. What There's the 50 cent, there's the 20 Twin. cent, there's the 10 cent, there's mm -hmm. the 5 cent, there's the 2 cent, and, and the a 1 cent. cent. Which they're trying to get rid of, I think. Um, I know there have been but... discussions of that in the US of getting rid of the penny as well. Yeah. But So you get a lot of coins in Germany. So I, like I was saying, you have to make sure you have a wallet that can hold them. Otherwise, your pockets get filled up. Yep. And what's crazy, in the U.S., you're so used to your pockets. Be, if you have coins in your pockets, they're not worth anything. So you just kind of don't think about them. Mm. But in Germany, you can get a good amount of money in coins relatively yeah. quickly. Yeah, you can have like 10 euros in, in coins if you have like five, two euro coins. I think it's another thing that it was interesting for me just in this topic of payments and banking Germans, or when you're purchasing things, let's say at a bakery, I didn't realize how often people ask for exact change. Like, they expect you to have exact change, if at all possible. Yeah. Like, and as someone who doesn't speak the language very well when you're there for the first time, that's a lot of mental work. First of all, I'm paying for something that I don't really know exactly what it is with this foreign money. And I think, here, I'll just give them a five euro bill and not have to think about it. But then they'll ask, like, do you have this many cents? And you're like... These are numbers. I have to yeah. think. It's 5 and 30, not 35. Well, that's really just a thing. Like, they will definitely give you the change they for will. what you paid. But the thing is that, like, um, especially I want to say, like, the 5 cents and the 1 cents is just, like, because there's so many prices that end in, like, 59 or something, yeah. 5, that, like, they run out of these yeah. coins very quickly. So then they will ask you if it's, like, um, now I have to come up with a good example. Um so let's say something costs one euro and five cents and you have only five euros, they will ask you if you have, you have five, five cents. cents because then they it's easier for them exactly. to give you change. Which is logical, but when you're in a foreign country and that's your first time having to deal with that situation, at least for me, because I haven't experienced that much in the US, because yeah. Yeah. you just swipe your card and yeah. you don't it's ever super think normal. about it. Yeah, it's but it's normal. very normal and something that I didn't expect. Yeah. And you get used to it and for you sure. always think about, okay, what coins do I have? Just keep a mental tally yeah. so it's faster. Because people expect you to be fast too. Yeah, no, like shopping in Germany in general. I mean, that's we're already touching on the next topic. I was gonna say something about banking too. Yeah, but go ahead and say I'm what you gonna, wanted to say about banking. I'm just gonna say this one sentence though. Like shopping in Germany is fast and stressful compared yes. to shopping in the yeah. U.S. <laughs> um, but yeah, banking. I mean, obviously it's the other way around in the U.S. There's not a lot of cash culture here. Um, you can pay with your card and like Apple Pay and all of those things pretty much everywhere. Yeah. And like that, I would say wasn't really something that I had to relearn because it's it's easy. Like yeah. you don't really have well, and to. Well, you have it in Germany too. It's just we not have as it common. too. Like I I usually in Germany I used to pay with my card at like all the big stores. It's just 
you always carry cash with you. Like yeah. that's just the one thing that has changed. Like I never carry cash with me anymore in the US, um, but in Germany, like for the bakeries, for example, or like smaller stores, sometimes when you get a new ticket for public transportation, yep. the um, machine might be broken and it won't take the card or something mm -hmm. like that. There's just a lot of situations in Germany where you kind of like have to have yeah. cash. Just also, as like, a backup. Just as a backup. Um, also sometimes like, or I want to say almost always, um, like parking meters or like um, parking, what do you call them, machines? Like when you have to get yeah. a ticket for your parking spot. We'll call them meters for lack of a better word. Yeah, like even the big ones usually don't take carts or really? I in guess a lot of cases, I would I say. I try to avoid driving cars in big cities where mm -hmm. I would have to do that in the first place, so I don't have a ton of experience with that, but... Try to think. Maybe maybe oh. always was a wrong thing to say, but I've definitely I know some of them that don't take cards, and yeah. then you have to have the cash. Yeah. No, that, I mean like, it's a big difference. It's yeah. a very big difference. But like you said, coming to the U.S. then from Germany, everything must be so Everything's easy. Everything's just, just way more convenient. Yeah. yeah. Like whenever I leave my house, I mean right now I don't really leave my house, but like back in the day when that was still a thing, when you would yeah. like go out to restaurants and stuff, all I would bring would be like my phone, my ID, and one card. Yeah, it makes it really, it. really simple. Yeah, it never But to I do have to say, and this is oftentimes German's argument against, or one of the arguments that Germans use against the card culture, mm -hmm. is you definitely do lose, how do you say that in English? Den Überblick verlieren. Yes, your native I language. Um, <laughs> you do lose, lose track. track. Yeah. You, you lose track of Jinx. what you spend. <laughs> no, okay, I have a counter argument for that. I'm just saying, I have a, personally have a very bad habit of yeah. not looking at prices. Yeah. I just say I'm... I, I want that, I'm going to get it, right. and then I just purchase it. Yeah, it might be different for me because, like, this argument that you but just said... But at the said, end of the day, I do like to be able to see everything in my app as far as... Exactly. Because I do all of my tracking of my finances online, which Big Brother's probably watching how much I make. Yeah, all the Germans listening are going to scroll around yes. in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. Sorry, I cut you off, though, but what were you saying? I don't remember. You're the counter argument. Oh my no, yeah, my counter argument. But that's exactly yeah. what you just said. Like you kind of like said it because like it might be different for me because I grew up with the cash culture. So yeah. like I automatically do always think about prices, yeah. I think. Um, but most Americans that I know say the same thing that you just said, that mm -hmm. they lose track of what, how much they've spent when they just pay with their card all the time. For me, I would say it's the opposite. Mm. Um, I mean, I've not really done a study on like whether I spend more money if I pay in cash yeah. or card, but I would say I have a better overview of what I spend with my card because as you said, I have it in my app and I know yeah. exactly where my money went. And like with cash, it's always like, wait, didn't I just get of 50 euros at the ATM yesterday where where is it now it's gone yeah and sometimes like I've had situations in Germany where I literally wasn't sure if I had actually spent it or if I had lost it yeah it's interesting <laughs> that is interesting I will say that I think for budgeting purposes on controlling how much you spend cash is good mm -hmm. but on the flip side making a budget it's nice to have all of your on your online records of all of yeah. your purchases. Like I said, I use uh, online service to track all of my finances. So my credit card is connected to it, my bank accounts, my retirement accounts, it's yeah. all, so I can check my net worth essentially. Yeah. And they break down for me the various categories where I spend. And then at the end of the month or the end of the year, I can see how much I spent in each category and then I can adjust my budget accordingly. Exactly, yeah. So it, it Obviously, that doesn't really work with cash unless no. you have, like, different boxes at home or which something is, like that. Which is the point of cash. But <laughs> my parents, for example, they use a lot of cash, and they actually use envelopes. So they, at, the, at the beginning of the month, they go and they know how much money that they're going to spend. Mm -hmm. 
and then they have an entertainment envelope. They have a grocery okay. envelope. They have a whatever it may be envelope, hair haircut envelope, gifts envelope, and then they split up the money in that. So they they actually do kind of do what you were saying. I've never seen that before. I That's... actually think that maybe a Dave Ramsey. Do you know who Dave Ramsey is? No. He's like this finance guru that is very controversial in okay. the U.S. because okay. he hates credit cards. He hates debt of any Got sort. Um, but we're getting off track yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, like, back to banking. Um, obviously, like, the card thing, you can get used to that easily. It's actually, for me, I would say it's a great improvement right now with corona. It's awesome because, yeah. like, I don't even take my card with me anymore. I just take my phone and I can pay with Apple Pay almost everywhere. And I try to, like, usually go to the self-checkout things, too, mm-hmm. which are super common, which is also on my list later when we get You're to shopping. You're killing jobs, Faley. You're killing jobs. Help your local But cashiers. anyways, like, it's, it's convenient and it's really nice right now, especially yeah. during these times. Um, but the banking thing that totally threw me off in the beginning, though, and that I had no clue how to handle um, was, like, the whole online banking that isn't really developed as much as in Germany. Mm-hmm. And then the checks, which yeah. aren't even a thing in Germany anymore or, like, yeah. haven't been a thing since, like, the 80s or 90s uh-huh. or so. Like, I had never, still to this day, I've never seen an actual check in, in Germany. I've seen, yeah. like, the... Überweisungs, I don't even know what they're called. Um, like basically the, the paper bank transfer thingies yeah. that I guess kind of function similarly to a check. Is it just like a confirmation of your transfer? Is that, I, I don't really know. I forget what they're called. Um, Germans will know what they're called and they will probably just scream at their at their phone or whatever they're listening to. Um, scream loud so we can hear you. I, I forget what they're called. But um, they're pretty much just all the information that you would put in an online banking transfer just uh, okay. on paper instead. But it's not that you will fill it out with by your hand. By, by your by hand. hand. By hand. <laughs> And um, and sign it and stuff like that. So it doesn't it doesn't look like a check okay. in the U.S. But when I first came here, um, I my my landlord only took checks yeah. and cash for rent. And I was like, wait, this is this is sketch. Why why doesn't he take an online payment like everyone else does? But then mm-hmm. I realized, no, in the U.S. it's pretty common, especially for landlords. Yeah. To not do online um, payments, especially if it's a more local landlord. It's not mm-hmm. like a big company. Like so. I've had several landlords that would come by once a month, like literally drive to the house and pick up the checks or the cash from the tenants. And that's just something that in Germany, if that happens, someone like I would think that something's wrong here. Interesting. That this is something illegal going on. Hmm. They don't want a paper trail or something. Um, Like I would be super suspicious. Well, that's why people in the U.S. actually like checks because it does leave a paper trail Mm -hmm. as opposed to cash. But... No, I mean, that's a very good point. I think, yeah, I actually used to get paid by check. I remember when I worked at... Like a physical check? Yeah, I remember I hadn't set up direct deposit with them, so I had to go pick up my check. Every, it was, I think, every two weeks I would drive to my employer, pick up my check, and, and I would drive to the bank and deposit it. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, that's also one of the reasons that, like, in the U.S. there's a lot of... Um, bank locations still mm-hmm. in germany i feel like most of them are closing down step by step mm, like each each like neighborhood or village pretty much has like one bank yeah but um all of the local banks that i used to know in munich like they're all closing down they're just leaving open the atm yeah um, location pretty much well, that's what i was going to ask so nobody needs banks in germany <laughs> i've never i've never actually done this in germany before so this is interesting to ask you but say i have cash mm-hmm. right and I want to put it into my account. You can do that at the ATM. You can do you that can, at the ATM? You can also do you that You probably at could the do bank. that here, but I'm just not very used to it. I think you it. can do that here, yeah. 
You can I, also deposit checks here, which is what I do at the ATM. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've deposited checks here in the U.S. Or also you you can use a uh, you can take yeah. a picture of it yeah. in your app. Yeah, which, which is so funny because it literally combines the old-fashioned check yeah. with the totally progressive app banking, uh-huh. mobile banking. Um, but yeah, no, the checks is just something that I. It just totally. I was lost when I first had to. Then I like I ended up having a bank account in the U.S. eventually because if you don't have an American bank account, you can't have checks. And then like those yeah. people who only accept checks, what do you do? It's just I had. Which some, you probably can't get a bank account without a social security number. So. Um. It's yeah. It's. I'm trying to think. I think it's possible that you can get okay. one without a social security number. But I didn't in the beginning. I think mm. I chose not to. Um, because I didn't think that I would stay here long term. Yeah. Um, but I actually had my roommates pay for me, like pay my rent yeah, for me, and I would like them. Venmo them. Yeah. Which then again, like on the other side, there's so many like Venmo and PayPal and all those things that are super common. Yeah. Um, but what isn't common is like regular online banking, which... Which, explain regular online so banking So to me, to regular me, online banking is really just I log into my bank account mm-hmm. at my bank's website and I um, put in an, a transfer, a bank transfer, mm-hmm. um, to someone else. And I've just put the EBAN in, which is like the yeah. account number pretty much, like accounted routing number. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put the amount and then I get a TAN number or like just a TAN because I think number is already the end. Yeah. Um, so then I get a TAN. Um, I get it on my phone in the app. Some people get it as a text message. Some people have like a little device. It's like just like a confirmation number that yeah. you then have to enter. Mm-hmm. It's just to make sure like to add a, an extra layer of security. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I enter that number and then the transfer is, is going through and it's arriving on the other person's bank account, yeah. which might be with a different bank within Germany or even like within Europe nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually it takes like one or two business days. Yeah. And there's no fees. Yeah, that's, just... see, that's the tricky thing. I'm not a bank expert, but my sister and my brother-in-law both work at a bank. And I think we're just on a completely different system. I think there's mm-hmm. a way that you can, obviously you can do international transfers. Yeah. It's expensive here in the U.S., but we use, I think they're called SWIFT codes. Uh-huh. So I don't think that you use this in Germany, or maybe no. you do. Uh-uh. Because I'm used to hearing IBAN. IBAN, yeah. Which is IBAN, whatever, I, I don't know, I-B-A-N. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that's weird. I know that. My bank, for example, Fifth Third, they have a service called Zelle, yeah. which is very similar. Where you get it, you receive a confirmation code, you have to enter it in, but you can do it via some. You can send money via someone's phone number, for example. Mm-hmm. So I pay my dad for my phone bill. But via so Zelle. like Zelle, I've never used it. I've heard of it many, many times, of course, but it's more similar to then like PayPal or Venmo, right? Yes, but the money goes directly to the bank account. Okay. So it's, so it's not, not it's, saved not, in between. Correct. Right. It's not like with Venmo where it takes maybe a day if you want to do the free mm-hmm. version Got it. for the money to appear, but you get the money, or you, but rather you receive the money immediately. Okay. Got it. But still, like, there's another service in place here. Yeah. So, like, th- this is like an external company, right? Yeah, but at least for in, in Fifth Third situation, they have the Zelle function mm-hmm. embedded in the actual Fifth Third mm-hmm. app. So it, it doesn't feel like it, but technically right. it is, I believe. I don't know. I think Fifth Third maybe purchased Zelle, and now it's part of the Fifth Third I'm pretty product. sure you can use it with all other banks, too, Possibly. though. I yeah. don't know. We're um, spending a lot of time on banking, though. We are. It's, it's so complicated. I mean, obviously, like, probably a lot of people know a lot more about this, about, like, Zelle and why the systems are different. But, I mean, even just within the U.S., I have tried one time, and I've been here for four years, I've tried once to do, like, a regular bank transfer mm-hmm. at like on my actual online account 
in my online account. Um, and then it didn't end up working out. So I just like went to PayPal instead and paid yeah. the person via PayPal. So That's yeah, interesting. I've never done it. Yeah, because like I think I actually just paid a couple bills today mm-hmm. online, but you always have to use what they call an electronic check. Mm-hmm. If you're not paying with a credit card, if you want to use your bank account to make the payment directly, yeah. you have to do what they call an electronic check, yeah. which is weird. Yeah, that's it's just um, very different in the I two I feel countries. like we should have like an advertisement now for some way to make banking easier. <laughs> like TransferWise, if you hear us, come sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, you said TransferWise? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, that's the service that um, no, I No, we don't want to go too de- in-depth because they're not paying us for this. Well, I guess just like explain it very briefly. Yeah. Um, it's a service that um, allows you to transfer um, money from one country to the other and f- between different currencies, yeah. and it's the one that I found to be the But it is one of many expensive. service providers, so exactly. this is not an endorsement. <laughs> um, but yeah, about banking, I think I also wanted to say about like the whole landlord situation, like yeah. in Germany, paying your bills, paying your rent, all of those things is usually an auto pay thing, or mm-hmm. even bank einzug, which means that you allow the other person, yeah. you, so you're not setting up the auto pay, but you're allowing the other party to have access to your bank which account. Which is a huge way. no-no in my opinion. I mm-hmm. would, I don't know if I, I would feel so uncomfortable with that. You can do that with a lot of bill pay systems in the U.S. as well. I do know that. Um, you can oh, set really? up auto withdrawal. Oh, okay. See, yeah, I've, never, for example, I've only for ever example, seen Cincinnati, auto pay. Yeah, Cincinnati Bell has an auto withdrawal okay, function, interesting. which I don't want to do. I guess it just, yeah, I guess the difference is just that um, if the bill varies every single month, yeah. but just like slightly, you know, yeah. you allow that company to take the money from your account instead of having to change the amount every single month yourself and like having to think about it and stuff yeah. like that. But it's very, very common in Germany. Um, people in the U.S. are Which super... Which is so interesting. Yeah. Because Germans are very like... this. We're money usually very, suspicious, yeah. Yeah. But for this particular topic, it's the other way around. Hmm. For this topic, Americans are super, super suspicious whenever it comes to banking, online banking, bank accounts. Some people are even like scared to give out their account number yeah i don't like Um, that i don't to be honest i actually don't have my account number memorized which is weird because if then like then a lot of americans go and say then a lot of americans go ahead and say i'll write you a check instead or like you can write me a check instead which like if if i write a check to them it kind of makes sense but if they write a check to me instead that says their account number yeah, and their routing number. So that sense. doesn't make any sense. But um, yeah, a lot of Americans are just super, super suspicious when it comes to the banking system. Whereas uh, yeah. in Germany, and like on the other hand, though, like Americans in general are very open with sharing their data and stuff yeah. like that in other parts of life. In Germany, it's the other way around. But when it comes to banking, we're not, we're just not suspicious. Really. Yeah, that's interesting. I specifically remember when I was still in college, I had a business law class. And the, one of the first things the professor said was, and she was a, an, an attorney for product liability, I think. Mm-hmm. But she said, whatever you do, do not ever give any organization access to your bank account. Because they can, if you at some point, let's say, are really far behind on bills, and it's not an auto withdrawal, but they have your, your bank account information, you've given them access, we'll say, then if you file for bankruptcy, before you file for bankruptcy, they can come in and grab your, the money that you mm-hmm. owe them. So there, I don't know, it's just, like you said, it's something that Americans tend to be very, very weary, weary, weary or weary, wary of. <laughs> no, no, yeah, wary of. <laughs> Americans tend to be very wary of that. Yeah, and I'm trying to think like maybe, I mean, it probably has to do with just experiences. Yeah. Apparently not a lot of bad stuff happens 
in Germany with those kind of things and apparently it does in the US. Um, I would assume because like a lot of people just say they're scared of hackers and stuff like yeah. that. And I just have never heard that happen in Germany. So I think that's what why nobody's worried. Yeah, I don't know. I think in general, people in the US don't tend to trust banks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that is in Germany, but I, I just think of like back to the Great Depression and when there were bank runs or runs on the bank here in the US, like maybe it has something to do with that. But I'm not an expert on this subject matter, so. Yeah, me either. I'm just going to say like one last thing because yeah. this episode is totally turning into banking. Ba- bathroom 2.0 just for banking this time. Um, Which is pretty much adulting 2.0, let's <laughs> exactly. be honest. Exactly, okay. We're like, we're learning while we're talking about this. We're also learning what we don't know. But I would like, as just a 26-year-old person who has not had a lot of experience with like, you know, huge amounts of money in a bank and like 2008 during the financial crisis, like, I obviously was still a teenager, so I didn't really have any trouble there. But um, I would say from my point of view that Germans do trust banks more than Americans Mm -hmm. do. Maybe some adults who have had trouble will disagree. Um, But like overall, I've not experienced all the like this suspicion or like what's another good word? Um, Mistrust. Mistrust. um, Yeah, I think I think it depends on the type of bank in the U.S. too. Like there are investment banks and then there are your normal banks where you have savings and checking accounts. Yeah. Um, I think people in the U.S. really tend to distrust larger investment bankers. Um, but when it comes to your everyday bank account, and correct me if I'm wrong, people who are history buffs, but after the Great Depression, um, where people lost a lot of money, um, they started, it's called FD, the FDIC, which is an American organization. I forget what it's called. It stands for Federal Department of something. Um but they insure all bank accounts up mm-hmm. to, I believe, two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So if something were to happen and the bank were to go out of business and they didn't have money to give you, even though you had money in the actual bank, if they didn't have cash to give you, then the government would step in. Mm-hmm. Um, but that only applies for up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which is a lot of money. But at the same time, if you're used to investing, then maybe it's not. Yeah. I don't know. This Maybe just, that's just this just made me think of another thing. I think we need to have eventually need to have an episode on money and banking yeah. because there's just so much here, and this is not really the topic that we wanted to no. cover today, um, because like what I'm about to say has nothing to do with like adulting 2.0, but um, just in general like poverty and not, not being able to budget very well is just such a big thing in the U.S. compared to Germany. Yeah. Um, Financial literacy. Yeah, and so I I feel like a lot of the things that we just mentioned also has to do with that Mm -hmm. and also the fact that I'm pretty sure, 90% sure, that in Germany everyone is entitled to have a bank account, while in the US if you're poor you can't have a bank account, which also then like that's why a lot of people do use checks and cash and that's why also there's like these um, kind of like low income. um, hmm? Payday lenders is what they're called. Is that the check cashing places? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Which I I, obviously never seen before. And I'm, I'm not an expert on this, so maybe we should have another topic of this before we go too, too in detail. But I believe it's not that you're not allowed to have um, a bank account in the U.S., but oftentimes there are minimum balances that you yeah. have to carry. And if you can't manage that, then you're constantly having to pay fees, yeah. so you're losing okay. money. I'm, but, I kind of thought that there's like 
a restriction, but we can yeah. well, we can we'll, look into we'll that. We'll research again. that and get back to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I might be t- I might be wrong. Okay, let's get back into the actual topic, which was life outside of the classroom, yes. <laughs> adulting to point out, getting lost and stuff like that. I think they're gonna have to get used to our little things. <laughs> it's just okay. We're like we're like putting it all out there now, and then hopefully step by step with each episode, we're gonna go back to these topics and like actually. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Expand. Um, dedicate. There you go. Dedicate a whole episode to that one topic. Yes. Um, okay. So that was banking. I brought up banking. What What's your next topic? That my you next about? topic is getting gas. Getting gas. Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's my favorite one. story. <laughs> okay, I do you want to tell your story first? Yeah. So I, I don't really have one. I mean, some of these, <laughs> some people may already, have already heard this from the vid, uh, YouTube video that we did together that yeah, I did yeah, on yeah, your yeah. channel, German Girl in America. Um, <laughs> But one of the first times I was in Germany, I had a rental car. I was there for for work, so luckily I got a rental car for free for me. Um, But I was on a road trip, and I was in, I think, a general Munich area, I think a little outside of Munich, and I had to get gas. Mm -hmm. So I went to the gas station, and I had my card ready to go pay when I first got there. Yeah, and you've, it, you've been driving since you, you were 16, yeah, right? Like 15 and a half. 15 and a half. Like, that's something that you had been doing for a long time. I'm an expert <laughs> at it, unfortunately. But, yeah, so in the U.S. nowadays, and I've heard from other people that before 9-11, it used to be a little different. Uh-huh. Um, but nowadays, you go, you put your card into the machine, into the pump, at mm-hmm. the actual pump. So you're prepaying, essentially, for your gas, but you don't know necessarily how much you're going to pay. It's just paying for whatever you yeah. choose. Um, but you put your card in, you take it out, you select the type of gas that you want, and then you can pump. That's what I'm used to. Yeah. And in Germany, apparently, it doesn't work like that. Because nope. <laughs> I got there, I have my car ready, or card ready. <laughs> and there was there nothing. was There was no place to put it. <laughs> so, and then I, I was, like, pressing buttons and lifting up the... Wait, what kind of buttons Well, not really buttons, even? but I was lifting okay. up I was lifting up the various yeah, the pumps. pumps to yeah. s- maybe it would start when I lifted it up. And I was like, okay, this something's fishy here. Something's not right. So I, I turned to the lady who was pumping her gas next to me very successfully. Um, <laughs> and she was German, I'm And assuming. she was German, I, I assume so. And I went over to her and I asked, Entschuldigung, excuse me, um, how do you... How, how does this work? But you said it in German. I, I said though. it in German. I, I asked her, how do you pump gas? Like, how does this all work? And I said it in German, and, and I don't have much of an accent in German. So she just looked at me like I, I was crazy. You need to say this in German once yeah. for all. Entschuldigen Sie, also wie tankt man? Also wie funktioniert das denn hier? Ich bin mir nicht sicher. And, and she just looked at me like, hey, bist du deppert oder was? <laughs> Did she actually have a like a Bavarian I think accent? So, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, she said like, "Are you stupid?" Or yeah. Something? Are you stupid? <laughs> I was like, "No, nein, ich komme nicht hier. Ja, ich komme aus den USA," which just sounds goofy with my German. So you just accent. said like, "No, I I'm said, not no, from yeah, here." I said, "No, yeah." I said, "I'm, I'm, I'm not from here. I'm from the U.S. I'm not exactly sure how it works." And then she was happy to help mm-hmm. me. She said, "You need to go inside and pay, and then you come out." Or, no, sorry. Other you, way you, around. Yeah, other way around. Yeah. First of all, you you just go ahead and pump. Yeah. And then she came over and helped me, like, this is the type of gas you want. Because okay. the numbers are different, too. Yeah, everything's different. I mean, for me, like, I I didn't really drive in the U.S. for a long time. I just got a car a year ago. So, like, three years after coming here for the first time is when I started driving. Um, and before that, I had always just been the passenger driver. So, like, I would never be the person to get gas. And yeah. I was kind of, like... I guess nervous to mm-hmm. get gas for the first time in the U.S. because I like I kind of knew how it worked, but I had never done it myself. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah so like here obviously you like put your card in first um put your pin in or whatever sometimes it wants your zip code depending yeah. on what card you pay with and for german tourists who usually are used to paying with cash, they will go inside um, because you can also pay with cash, but then exactly. usually you usually do have to go inside before you pump. And then you actually do have to prepay and you have to guess how much yeah. you think you will need. And then you have to guess like, oh, I think I will need gas for $20 and then yeah. you pay $20 and then you go back to the car and then it'll stop when once the $20 yeah. are used up. With the card, um, it'll stop whenever you want it to stop. But the thing is, there's only one pump in the US and different buttons. So yeah. like oh, yeah, that's different numbers. Yeah, there's just one pump. And depending on which button you press is what the what kind of gas will come out and of the pump. And by one pump, you mean one handle. One handle, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, I don't one know handle. what you would actually call it, but there's only one yeah. handle. I don't even know in German what we would call it. Um, but yeah, one, one handle, one um, hose with one handle. Yeah. Um, and then there's, what is there, 87 is one of the 87 options. is kind of the standard. 87 is what I always press, so I don't even know what the rest is. But I think there's 87, 89, and then maybe like 93. And I'm sure those... And then diesel. If there's a, di if it, if there's a diesel pump, then there's a separate mm -hmm. handle for that, a, se a completely separate pump. Yeah, and so in Germany, they're called different names. It's Super, Super Plus, EC, and whatever. Mm -hmm. The numbers are just different. So, like, I... I'm pretty sure the first time I got gas, I um, went back to my car and I Googled which one I want to get because <laughs> I wasn't sure. I think, and I, I someone in Germany, because I, I was confused again the second time I went, so I've had to ask multiple people for help while pumping yeah. gas in Germany. But he, he told me that on most modern cars inside of the gas cap, so mm -hmm. the, the, little, the little door that opens, it tells you what type yeah. of gas. Yeah. So for that's a that's trick for, for you, you all who are like me and don't know how to pump gas. Right. Well, now we both know how to do it in the other country. Yeah. Out of interest, what type of gas do you tend to use in Germany? Just super. Just super? Super, yeah. Okay. But I mean, also kind of depends on the car that you drive. Yeah. I know that for a while, people were pretty hyped on the E10, the E10, yeah. which was pretty With much this, like the same. based right? Mm -hmm. So it was supposed to be like for the same type of cars and like it was supposed to be just as efficient, but cheaper. Yeah. Um, but then like... I'm not even sure why exactly. Obviously, I don't I'm remember. Not. No, I don't know. But something happened and like people didn't really like it wasn't as hyped anymore after a while and people pretty much went back to Zupa yeah. instead. Yeah. But yeah, those are the main differences that I've noticed between pumping pumping gas in the US and pumping gas in yeah. Germany. But that's definitely a situation where like you do feel really dumb because yeah. you're like there and you're like, where? Where do I, in your situation, you're like, where do I pay? And then you're standing there and you just feel lost and yeah. you just feel like, wait, how, how do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> I need gas. I got I lucky that there driving. was someone there to ask. <laughs> yeah. It's um, just a weird it's situation. It's funny though that you're talking about that with, as far as, and I had that written down as well, as far as pumping gas, but um, kind of related to pumping gas, I was going to talk about driving in general. Okay. Because the rules are very similar. Most Americans tend to think, at least from my anecdotal experience, that in Germany you drive on the left side of the road. Like which is so which weird. Is not Why true. would people think that? People think that because most Americans think of the UK when they think of Europe oftentimes. Yeah. And in the UK and in former UK colonies besides the US and Canada. But you, it's only in those places, exactly. though. Like, it's just a few countries where that's the case. But people yeah. don't necessarily recognize that. I so know. first of all, people think... 
They, whenever I get back from Germany, they're like, how is driving on the left side of the road? I said, I don't know. Well, people ask me that all the time. Like, when I started driving here, they were like, so what's driving like in the U.S.? Like, you're on the other side of the road, right? And I'm like, nope, we drive on the right side of Germany, too. Yeah, yeah. It's still different, but so not different, because of that. Yeah. But to be honest, I'm really surprised that Americans are allowed to drive in Germany without a test. Depends on the way you drive, I would say. In, in the Munich area, yes, I agree. Yeah, in most big cities, I would feel yeah. like. I know in Berlin, yeah. it's also... Definitely. Autobahn, too, just like yeah, in general. Just, yeah, oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Imagine you're in the far left lane driving like an American. <laughs> yeah, or even like in my experience, maybe I'm not sure, maybe that's different for Americans, but like when I first started driving in Germany, just like getting on the Autobahn, which was such a big deal. Like you were always taught that you have to press the gas pedal as much as possible. You have to go maximum speed once you get on the Autobahn because like if there's a lot of traffic, but not like when people are still going fast, but there's a lot of cars on the Autobahn, yeah. you won't be able to get over otherwise. And then you're screwed because nobody's going to let you in because they're going whatever, 160 kilometers per hour. And if you were at 80 still because you didn't speed Accelerate up, enough, yeah. yeah, then you're screwed. So like for me, that was always the most stressful thing when I learned yeah, driving. That was, I would say that was the same for me here in the U.S. I think most people have the most anxiety about merging on to the But the here, though, you're going so slow anyways, yeah. and there's so much, <laughs> like the uh, the lane that you, what do you call the it? The merge like, lane? The merge lane, yeah, is so long. Yeah. And like even if you don't... That's a good point. I'm just thinking of Munich, and we're going to talk probably a lot about Munich on this podcast because yeah. that's the majority of the that's time. Where that's I'm where from. she's from. That's where I've spent most of the majority of, majority of my time. Most of the majority, that's interesting English. <laughs> I'm just uh, sucking out all of your English skills. That's <laughs> what I did to But I, I think of the Flughafentangente, mm-hmm. which is from, I think, the A94 to the airport mm-hmm. outside of Munich. And they are the shortest merge lanes I've ever seen. It's a one-way, oftentimes, so you have to stop. Yeah. But, I mean, really, on all... That's a, that's an interesting point about things being small. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, the we call them, like, the clover, like, the four-leaf clovers, that if you have a, two roads intersecting at a 90-degree angle, oftentimes mm-hmm. there's, like, a roundabout when you're getting off. Mm-hmm. Just, they're a lot tighter in Germany than they are here in the U.S. in the sense of they're shorter... And the in the angle and how much you have to turn yeah, your wheel is yeah. a lot more extreme. So you have to extreme. really slow down usually before you go on those. But I forget where I was going with that thought. Um, but sorry. driving in driving in Germany as an American should not be allowed, in my opinion, without some sort of basic course. The yeah. road signs are different. Yeah. I mean, stop signs are the same. And they're not self-explanatory, which, no. like, the American road signs aren't either if you can't read very fast and if you don't speak English yeah. because they're usually with a bunch of words. But at least, like, if you do know how to read and speak English, they're kind of self-explanatory. But in Germany, they're just signs. So if you yeah. don't know what they mean, then you're kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah, so they in Germany, for example, they have the same yield sign that we have in the U.S., which is an upside-down red triangle mm-hmm. with a white triangle inside of it. Um which is clear. That means yield. Yeah. But they also have something that we don't have in the U.S., which is a diamond. It's like a, it's I believe a white diamond with a, a yellow. yellow one inside of it, and that means that you have the right of way. Yeah. So, if if you're on some back roads, you don't always know who has the right of way if you don't know that that sign. Yeah. means you have the right of way because there aren't nearly as many stop signs in Germany as no, there are in the we US. hardly ever have stop signs, and if we do, they're not. Um, they're not used to um, 
what's the how what regulate what am I trying traffic. to say? Yeah, they're not like stop signs aren't there to regulate who has the right of way, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Like stop signs are in places where there's already a regulation in place, but it's such a dangerous place usually, or such a different uh, dangerous um, intersection intersection that they're putting them there in addition to the yeah. to the other rules, pretty much. Yeah, here you drive. I don't know. 50 feet, then you stop, then you drive yeah. 50 feet, then you stop. And stop signs just mean meters, that the other, either the other person has the right of way or like it's a four-way stop intersection yeah. where like everyone stops and then the per- first person, sorry, and then the person who got there first gets to go first mm-hmm. again. Exactly. And then also, I mean, the fact that in Germany you're not allowed to turn right on red like you are in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, in the U.S. in general, you're allowed to turn make a right turn while the stop sign, or sorry, the stop light is red. It's red, yeah. Um, unless otherwise marked. Mm-hmm. Um, in Germany, that's not the case. You no. you can't do that unless there's a green arrow beneath or next to the red um, telling you that you can still turn. Yeah. So if you don't know that, you're going to get in a lot of trouble. So Yeah, there is a lot to talk about here. I actually made um, a whole video that I think oh, was yeah? like... 25 minutes alone just like about talking about the driving differences so if you guys want to check that out on my channel german girl german girl in america America. (laughs) i'm not even able to say my own channel name um you can do that um because i feel like we can't get into all the details on this in this episode at least um but that's definitely different one of the things that made me also feel like a little lost was the position of the Um, traffic lights because Mm -hmm. it never even happened to me but I was always so sure that once I do start driving myself I will always drive into the intersection because in the US the um, stoplight is usually on the other side of the intersection. Yeah, it's on the far side of the intersection. So So you stop at a a certain point mm -hmm. and then across the length of the intersection, so across the intersecting road, you have the stop. Yeah the traffic light. Yeah, hopefully that it. makes sense. In Germany, the light is right where you stop. And so Which like Which I think is very annoying. Yeah, it is it is annoying because you can't always see it when you were the first one in line, but for me when I first came here, every time I was driving with someone, I was the passenger driver, I always got super scared because I was like, "Wait, what's happening? Why isn't like why isn't the person going to the too soon. to the light? Yeah, what's 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 going on here?" And I was always scared that I would do that on accident and like drive up until the actual stop light, which would mean that I I would be in the middle of the intersection. Yeah. But then that never happened when I actually started driving. <laughs> that's a good thing. But that's one of the things where I was like totally lost in the beginning. Did you talk just... about the Rettungsgasse on your in your video? I don't think so, no. Because that's something that's different between the US and Germany as well. Okay. So Rettungsgasse, I don't know what you call it in, uh, in English, but we don't really have a concept for it. So at least I in the US, not. if there's an emergency vehicle that comes up behind you, the general rule is pull to the right. Everyone, oh, everyone pulls to the right? That's my understanding. That's what I Even was Even if it's like a six-lane interstate? Yeah. Okay. So oftentimes in the ambulance or the police car would be in the far left okay. lane That actually kind of makes sense, too. Um, but in Germany, that's not the case. You have to split traffic down the middle. Yeah. Or if you're on a three-lane highway, the two far right lanes turn right and the far left lane turns left. And then you create the sort of alleyway for the, for the emergency vehicles, which... Yeah. If you're an American and if you're used to always having to pull to the right, you might do it wrong. Then yeah. you may end up blocking the mm-hmm. the Rettungsgasse, this emergency lane. But Germans are very vocal with other people doing things wrong, and they will probably signal to that person that they're screwing it up right now. Probably way I think there are really big fines too for blocking the Rettungsgasse. For blocking it, or like there was a bunch of stories recently that I heard of like people literally using the Rettungsgasse for turning around 
and going back because they were stuck in traffic for so long that really? they were they used the Rettungsgasse to drive back to the next um, exit behind them. Wow. And stuff like that. And that, I mean, obviously that's a huge fine. You can't do that. But the likelihood of you actually getting caught in Germany for that is, I think, a lot less. Maybe, maybe not. Why? There are probably cameras everywhere that can see that, but in general, there aren't as many police officers out on the road. That is true. But Germans, like the Germans will write down your license, <laughs> license plate, plate and report it. <laughs> That's true. I actually remember I was driving from Munich up to um, Nuremberg and some guy was being some crazy driver and my friend's dad was like, Lukas, write down his, <laughs> write down his license yep. plate number right now. That's also something that I've mentioned a few times. Um, also, not really, um, this doesn't really have to do anything yeah. with the topic, but Germans like to call other people out or um, not just call them out. What's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, force obedience. That's the word. It's like for petzen. Oh, I don't know that. Um, okay, never mind. I'm just gonna cut it out. There you go. <laughs> okay, should we move on from driving to something else? Yeah, sure. Well, or did I, you have something I, else? I, it's not driving, but it's car related, which okay. is funny that. Maybe it's because I've been thinking a lot about cars lately because I'm thinking of possibly selling my car. Mm -hmm. um, but. I just was thinking car registration yeah. and not necessarily insurance because that's and I don't want to talk about insurance. It's too complicated. Yeah, I mean insurance is complicated anywhere. Exactly, but car registration and emissions testing mm -hmm. and the TÜV, mm -hmm. we don't have that in the U.S. Um, so if I buy a car, all I have to do is have the title, and I go to what we in Ohio call the BMV, often other states call it the DMV, so either Bureau of Motor Vehicles or Department of Motor Vehicles. And you just have to pay your registration fee and they give you your license plate or your registration sticker yeah. and you put it on there and that's it. That's it. Which is really nice, but then you get a lot of beaters, meaning old cars that are kind of falling apart yeah, there out on the road. Yeah, there's so held together many by cars tape. here that are like falling apart on the streets and you're not used to that, to seeing that because in Germany that's not a thing because it's not allowed. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe you can explain just briefly what the TÜV is. What the TÜV is? So TÜV, okay, now I mean I didn't know I was going to talk about this because <laughs> now I don't know what it stands for. It's Technische... Überprüfungs, Technischer Überprüfungsverein or Technischer Überprüfungsverband or something yeah, along those Verband, lines. Yeah. Um, so it's an institution that um, basically does safety checks on a lot of different things. And it's not only for cars because yeah. they only test like roller coasters and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And if it's TÜV approved, it usually gives people a really good feeling because they have pretty high standards and they approve this certain thing, whatever it might, might be. For cars, you have to have... Um, a inspection every two years mm -hmm. and the TÜV people will um, inspect your car, see if it has any damage, see what the emissions are like, if it's up to current standards and stuff yeah. like that. And usually like in a lot of cases, your car needs some work done before it can pass the inspection. So mm -hmm. then you need to spend some money on fixing something at the shop and then you get this little sticker, um, sticker on your license plate that's usually good for two years. Interesting. And then you have to do that again in two years. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if you don't have that, I mean, it's kind of like with your registration sticker here in the U.S., you're not like you're not allowed to drive with that on the yeah, street. Yeah, exactly. If and I think if I'm correct, um, and you may or may not know, but it was mostly the, these TÜV, um, I wanted to say Prüfungen, um, tests or inspections that VW was trying to cheat on, mm -hmm. correct? So with the emissions, the emissions thing, portion yeah. of it. Yep. So just interesting. 
Interesting difference. It, they make it a little more complicated in Germany to have a car, which it may have something to do culturally with the fact that if you don't have a car in the U.S., you're very limited in job yes. opportunities and mobility. Yeah. In um, Germany, that's not really the case unless you're like somewhere out on the on the country somewhere. Exactly. But you don't always need a car in Germany. So I think there would be a very large, oh gosh, my brain's in German now, Aufruf. Mm -hmm. uh, Aufruf, Aufruf, Aufruf. Aufruf? Aufruf? Yeah, what's Is that the, what you're trying to say? There would be, <laughs> like protests, kind yeah, of? Yeah, protests. Aufruhr oder Aufschrei? Aufschrei, Aufschrei that's the word, yeah, say. Aufschrei. Um, so protests and, and people would be very vocal about you trying to suppress the lower classes True. Um, if you tried to implement some sort of inspection system like that. Yeah. At least that's my general yeah. feeling. But Well, Germans are just kind of obsessed with safety and, and safety. control. Yeah, quality too. Yeah. Um, Okay. So enough with cars and yeah, driving. Yeah, let, let's move on. Um, okay, so one thing that I have, we have to cover this because I already mentioned it earlier, I already announced it, is uh, grocery shopping. Ah, uh, yes, okay. So I already talked about how big the stores are and like how big some of the products are last time, but just like the whole experience was mm -hmm. something that at first made me feel super lost and super dumb. Um, for the first few times I would always go with my roommate back mm -hmm. in the day who was American, so... A security blanket. She kind of helped me, <laughs> but I still felt dumb like asking all of these questions because mm -hmm. they seem to be so obvious to an American. Where are the eggs? <laughs> For example, which like, no, I... That was actually not a thing that um, threw me off. Oh, really? Not at all. I spent a while in a German supermarket oh, really? looking yeah. for eggs. So in German stores, the eggs are not refrigerated. In the U.S. they are. Yeah. Which is because they are what they're being washed in the U.S. Which yeah, they kind get of washed in the U.S. The... So it's, it's a little the way that they process it is different. Yeah. So there isn't the protect. We remove the protective coating in the U.S. Yeah. Um, no, but like, what threw me off? Like, first of all, just like how they're organized. Like stores are just organized differently mm -hmm. in the U.S. I feel like, and what I to this day think is pretty annoying is that even like if you always go to the same chain but different locations it'll be organized very differently like every in kroger in the u.s yeah every kroger has a different layout and the aisles are in different places yeah i think you and just need to go slightly, more go to more because they're different but they're i would say three or four layouts that okay. are so it just depends on which ones you're but going still, to like why can't they all be the same that's a good point <laughs> they I, would have the space to do that that's like, very it's not true a space that, issue. That, that's a good point um but anyway so just finding everything it takes so much time so in the beginning i always like it took me an hour every time i just got my regular groceries not yeah. even like for the next you know month just like my groceries for the week because it takes forever to walk through it and then everyone's super slow compared to mm -hmm. german grocery stores as i said earlier like Grocery shopping in Germany is kind of stressful and this is partly because everyone also like moves really fast and everyone's like nobody's trying to be polite. They're just going to squeeze by you and they're just going to step right in front of you at the at the refrigerated section and yeah. just take whatever they want in front of your nose pretty Not much. Say excuse me or anything. Nope. Which was an adjustment for nope. me. Um, and then you get to the checkout and then the one thing is like the self-checkouts. Mm -hmm. I hear that they're becoming more and more common uh, in yes, Germany. Yes, I love that. But to me, like I wasn't really used to them and they're also different at every store. Yeah. So like Kroger self-checkout is different than Target self-checkout and they're kind of complicated sometimes. Yeah, I, I grew up with them yeah. so, and I loved them. You can ask yeah. my mom. I, I used to always ask to go to the self-checkout no, because I, I thought I it was bet. so much fun as a little kid getting to scan everything. Absolutely, yeah. So you can imagine for me, when I was working in Germany, we <laughs> after work we went a group of us 
Uh, oh no, it was during our lunch break. We used to go to this little Duna place, yeah, um, which was inside of a Kaufland. Okay. Which is a grocery, a, a very large, big, yeah. almost American esque mm-hmm. grocery store in Germany, and we only got like a little ice cream. Yeah. And that, so I'm like, I'm not gonna go stand in line because there were all of it was a long line and to to check out. Yeah. So I, and they had a row of self checkouts, yeah. but none of the Germans were using them. Yeah. None that's of them. So weird. And I looked at my boss who I was there with, and I said, "Let's just go to the self checkouts." He said, "Oh, I don't know how to use that." And I just thought it was, like, (laughs) the cutest little thing. I was like, you don't know how to use a self-checkout? Come on over here. Let me teach you how to use it. Because I actually worked at Target um, Mm -hmm. at a kind of a grocery-esque store here in the U.S. It's Um, kind of similar to Walmart, to all the Germans who don't know Target. It's it's like like a nicer version. It's nicer, yeah. Um, Lots of middle-aged moms. Mm -hmm. I I used to see people in there multiple times a day. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Um, But... They were very similar to ones that we had at Target, so I yeah. knew very well how to use how to them. Use them yeah. So I explained to it, explained it all to him. This is where you put your coins. It's so funny, and, and you explained it to the German yeah, in Germany. It just was, it was a, it was a great experience for me. Yeah, but I mean, I, I know that most Germans have at least seen them at IKEA because that's where they've uh, always had uh-huh. them. But like recently, uh, people are telling me from Germany that they're becoming more and more common. Yeah. Which like at my stores in Germany, even like last Christmas when I was home, I didn't see any self checkouts anywhere in Munich. But no. maybe it's just the area. Maybe um, I, I feel like in the larger stores, that's where I've seen them in Germany, right. like Kaufland, Kaufland yeah. where there's more land and more space. Yeah. But in all of the smaller stores, yeah. I've never seen them. Well, anyway, then you can, like, if you go to the self-checkout, that's a whole, like, adventure. But then if you don't, you just line up at a regular checkout. And then the the culture shock or pretty, pretty much the feeling of, of being lost continues because then... It, first of all, it takes forever. Like, the checkout process is just so slow in the U.S. They just take their time. That's why they put the magazines there so you can read yeah, them while you wait. Yeah, it's just, wow, like, it takes so long. Um, and then they scan everything. Then there's this whole thing with customer cards and coupons, which I wasn't really used to. So a lot of people in the U.S. collect coupons um, and will bring, like, piles of coupons to the checkout. Is that not a stores. thing in Germany? No. Couponing? I mean, okay, so I don't want to say that coupons aren't a thing because I think you can find them in some, like, magazines or something. But now but that you say that, I've never I've seen never, coupons. I've never used a coupon just in like, Germany. Just like the little ones yeah. from the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, but no, at, at the at the grocery store, nope, that's not a thing. And some, like, some people in the U.S. have actual binders oh, yeah. where they have their coupons in, like, little um, folien. What do you call yeah, these? Like, like, um, 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 <laughs> oh, God, what are they called? <laughs> Oh, oh, there's sheet protectors or something sheet like that. Sheet protectors, uh-huh. yeah. You know, like in, in school, you have a binder where you put your um, you put your paper inside of this plastic sheet yeah. protector. And that's... so, like, they have their binders with with all of their coupons, and they will just take it out at the checkout, yeah. and then it'll it'll take another whatever fifteen well, minutes. And then there are a lot of people. I can tell you this from my Target days that try to use fake coupons. Oh, really? So you have to be aware, like, as a cashier, like, what fake co- like what are real coupons? What are fake coupons? Okay. Yeah, like there are people who try to defraud you by using fake coupons. Well, you even get them like, okay, well, actually. And then they hold up the line is what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, and then like what I was going to say is that you also sometimes get them um, with your receipt in the end. Mm-hmm. But that brings me back to you only get them if you have a customer card. So like that also uh, yeah. isn't a thing in Germany, at least not for like a regular. Like a loyalty card or Yeah, not for card, regular yeah. um, grocery stores. Like there's no Edeka Mitgliedschaftskarte or something like that. Mm-hmm. Some stores will have like a sticker system or something like that. Okay. But it's very different 
to compare to what you find here. So like I signed up for a Kroger card right when I came here and then like at the checkout, you either have them scan your card or you put your phone number into this little dial thing yeah. and it'll give you a discount. And a lot of the prices within the store, which was also totally new to me, will have a discount just for members. So it'll there will yeah, it'll be, show the real price and then or the standard price and then it'll show the discounted price if you're a member. Exactly, but only if you're a member. Yeah. And that's also just something that I was like, wait, but what does this mean? And then like all of these things are just super weird when you're new to this country yeah. um, so I had to remember to always have my customer card scanned and then like in a lot of cases in the end they will print out coupons together with the receipt that, yeah. for you to use the next time usually for products that you actually did buy this time or or not even that time but in the past in the past so there's I'm talking a lot about things I target. learned in college <laughs> well at Target too but in college I was taking I took a um, marketing class yeah and they were telling us this story, and it makes perfect sense. Because the reason that companies do that is for analytics. They like to have all of that data. Mm -hmm. They can give you personalized coupons. They can see what – they just have better analytics right. that way. Yeah. Because um, they ha they know how old you are. They know a lot of yeah. information about you from they the They know membership. which one's your um, common store that you go exactly, to. Exactly, exactly. But um, what, what often happens with those type of loyalty things, when you're younger – you don't have your own. You just use your parents. Yeah. I know my sister used one of her best friend's parents. Oh, that's um, funny. For a while and just was like, I don't care. I'm going to give them the bonus points. Right. Because at least, for example, with Kroger, you get a discount then if on gas. So mm -hmm. Kroger also has gas stations, which I have never seen in Germany, a grocery nope. store that has a gas station. Not that I can think of, nope. But that's kind of beside the point. What I was going to say was with all of these analytics, they get very good about knowing what's going on in your family and who's purchasing what if your entire household is using mm -hmm. the same number. So this one dad, he had a teenage daughter, um, went to Target once after work. I think he was getting beer or something. Okay. And what it printed off as a coupon were diapers. Ah. And... He was very confused, like, diapers? That doesn't make any sense. And he complained, I believe. Uh-huh. At least this is the story they were telling us. But he complained, like, why are you giving me... I, there's no one in my family who needs diapers. Turns out his daughter was pregnant. Oh, my God. And she'd been buying um, pregnancy tests. So they knew that soon, she because she'd been buying the pregnancy tests, it was very likely that she would then need diapers soon. Oh, my God. Isn't that creepy? And the parents didn't know, though. No, but then... she I, was actually pregnant? Yeah. At least that's the story. Okay. I mean... It could just be a good story for a marketing oh, class, but it, it, it's very realistic. It's <laughs> yeah. very realistic, but yeah. Wow. So it goes that into, into detail. Worst way of finding out that your daughter's pregnant. <laughs> you just won't be here. Um, okay, but um, back to the grocery experience because I'm I'm almost done. It's been a, it's been a marathon story, but the last thing that is also very because different. Because I keep interrupting you. That's okay. Um, the last thing that's also different is the bagging situation because yeah. in Germany you usually bring your own bags, or um, if you don't bring your own bags, you have to pay for them. So mm -hmm. for all Americans who've ever been to Aldi, it's, it's like that in every German store. Um, and you usually bag your things yourself. And depending on which store you're at, it has to happen really fast. Well, I was going to say that's the main difference between Aldi in the U.S. and Aldi in Germany is here in the U.S., they just scan your items and put it in a basket mm -hmm. and then you can take your basket away to a shelf and, yeah. and bag everything. But that's what you can do in Germany too. Germans are just so used to bagging yeah, things could. quickly that they like to save time and not do that and just bag it right away. Yeah. And like we're good at it too. Like I was always able to do it. Yeah. Like because you also already arrange you your strategically. stuff. Yeah, yeah. You 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 uh, put your stuff in a certain order on the on the thing. On the the, the, the conveyor belt. <laughs> yeah. 
um, and then you already know how to bag them, but in the US, there's usually people bagging the stuff for you. It's yep. either the cashier or there's actual baggers who do that for mm -hmm. you. And they put them in free bags, free plastic bags, that at most stores are these thin, kind of like tiny plastic bags. And you will end up with so many plastic bags. Like usually for one grocery trip, I would have like 20 bags or something afterwards. And to me as a German who like, we're definitely a little more conscious of the environment and we like to reuse bags and that's why we bring our own bags yeah. and stuff like that that is just like heartbreaking to a certain extent um and people even they will put if you get um a bag of toast broad <laughs> that's great you have to leave that in there <laughs> if you get a bag of toast broad <laughs> It's been a long episode, guys. If you get a bag of toast. Uh, <laughs> um, if you get a pack of toast, is what I'm trying to say, they will put it in an extra bag because it can't be with the other stuff because they're scared of the other products squeezing your toast because every, or like just bread in general yeah, in the US is bread. always just squishy. Um, and so you will end up just having one bag with literally just your toast and then yep. another bag with literally just your bananas they, or something they, like they that. They teach you to do it that way Yeah, too. and then they also double back. Yep. So as soon as something's a little more heavy, like the milk is in there and maybe a pack of yogurt or something like oh, that. I would never put any, for my bagging experience, mm -hmm. I would never put anything in with a, a bag of, or a milk Okay, in then a bag. They, they even give you their own, its own bag oh, yeah. just for the milk, which is also ridiculous. And normally you have to double bag it then, because there's already a handle. But <sighs> it's so dumb. Yeah. Just like, yeah, it's just, as a European, it's just, you're standing there, you're watching this, you're like, okay, first of all, I would I would have been out of here 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Like, can you please bag a little bit faster? Because I, I would have been able to do this so quickly. And then they're also doing it in such an annoying way where like, then you have these 20 bags and you could have yeah. just put it all in one big bag and no, the bag is not going to rip from the way from the store to your car, yeah. especially you're bringing it in the cart usually. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting because- It's not going to rip. <laughs> that, that's just, from my perspective as an American, we don't, it doesn't even occur to you because you just grow up with it. So yeah. you're used to it. I know. But then that was one of my big things that I've brought back from Germany is I actually still use, I have two Edeka bags and I have a Riva bag. And I always take all three to me or with me to the grocery store. And I always use those as yeah. opposed to, to, um, to the plastic bags that they give you. And that's another reason why I like to use a self-checkout. Self yeah, because you can bag yourself. Then you bag it, I mean, bag you it can yourself. do it at the regular checkout, but it's, it's, more it's a little rude too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do it sometimes, but like, especially if there's a bagger standing there in addition to the cashier, then it's just yeah. weird to say like, no, I don't want you to do it. Yeah. Um, last thing, <laughs> I said that this was going to be the last thing, but no, the very last thing is that in the US, you return the cards usually on the parking lot. Mm -hmm. At the parking lot? At the parking lot. In the parking in lot. The, <laughs> in the parking lot. Um, which is super convenient. That's interesting. And we don't do that in Germany. I've because never realized that, but you're right. This also has to do with the fact that in Germany, carts are never free, really. Or at least I can't think of any store where they're free. Like, you usually have to put in your coin. Yeah, they're free. Free, but yeah, okay. But they're not, like... I guess, what's the word? You can't just take them. You have to put in your 50 cents or your little um, card chip that some people have. Oh, interesting. Um, and that's how you get them. So like, well, again, yeah. I knew for that people- about the carts, but I didn't for, know there was little chip. There's little chips for people who never remember to keep a 50 cent coin around. Um, but for people who have been to Aldi before, 
they have the same system and in place actually, in the U.S. the grocery store that I grew up going to called Biggs, which I don't think exists mm-hmm. anywhere else anymore, um, they had that as well. So I, oh, grew, I, I grew up always oh, having cool. to have a quarter. I always thought as a kid that was so much fun to put yeah, that in. Yeah, I loved it. Um, and then like put the chain back in and stuff uh-huh. like that. But I think that's like the main reason or at least one of the main reasons, probably also just like space and employee. Yeah, I was going to say as far as the, the overhead cost of having to have an employee. So what happens in the U.S. then is that in the parking lot, there are various stations that are just spread out and you can just take your cart from your car and then put it maybe three cars away yeah. into one of these stations. But then they have employees who come and then collect all of the carts and bring them, and bring back, them back, to the back to the store where you would pick it up in the first exactly. place. And it's cool. They have like little robots that they use that'll yeah. come and push the carts because they get really long, yeah. um, really long lines of carts. Yeah. Then. And it's super convenient. So like in Germany, I'm, I'm sure that most Germans do this too. Like whenever you go shopping with a friend or your partner, there's this thing that like you'll bring the stuff to your car in your cart and then the one person will bring the cart uh, the cart back will return the cart to the initial spot where you picked it up and the other person will drive the car around and then pick you up at yeah. the the cart drop off pickup area place yep <laughs> i hope that was explained in an understandable way <laughs> we will get better at explaining these visual concepts using just yeah. words that's why i initially found it a youtube channel because i thought it's it's just impossible to explain some of these things yeah. without visuals yeah. um that was my grocery Yeah, point. I think I don't have any other points that are too interesting at this point. I'm sure we at don't. some point we'll talk about the whole um, registration process and moving processes in the U.S. and Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little different, um, especially as an American going to Germany. There are some things that we don't do in the U.S. that you have to do in Germany. But I think we'll save that for another episode because yeah. we've been well, talking I, for a while. I have like one last little thing that I put on my list. So... I know this is this is a this long is episode. This is actually the last thing. But this is this is actual like the before that it was all related to the grocery shop. Yeah, grocery, grocery store. store. Um, I had grocery shopping on my list. Do you say grocery like, or do you say grocery? I say I always say grocery. I think it's just the people that I was surrounded with when I first came to the to the US. I grew US. up saying grocery. Yeah, I think it's maybe I like th- an Ohio. I think thing. it's either an Ohio or a Midwest thing. I think yeah. on the East Coast they tend to say grocery. Yeah. Which, like, they do say that in a lot of TV shows and stuff like that, but I always say grocery. Um, But anyways, the last point that's not related to that is something that I wrote down in regards to language. Oh, yeah. Because, like, we (laughs) We wanted to talk about that, too, didn't we? Yeah, we kind of wanted to talk about that, but no worries. We're going to have another language-related episode, so we're just going to make sure to focus only on language in in that episode. Um, But this one is just that... um, This really has to do with the whole thing, like you're in the classroom, you're learning the language, you think you understand a lot, and then you come to the country, and there's a bunch of stuff that you don't know the phrases for, and a bunch of stuff that you don't understand. And um, I guess a lot of these things, you can just imagine that in those situations where you are trying to figure out how to get the gas and like all of those things, you're not sure, what is this called? Is this called handle, pump, like all of these little everyday terms? You're just not necessarily familiar with them because... Mm -hmm. You don't use them in an essay in school, really. But another thing that I wrote down um, has to do with being in that new culture and then new country, different language. And you do understand most of what people say, but then just sometimes there are certain phrases, certain slang terms, certain 
items that are that are part of a sentence that you just have no clue what people are talking about and I especially always think about situations where like in the beginning when I first came here I would hang out with like college friends Mm -hmm. or like my roommates who were all young people in their late teens early 20s Um, and it would be like a group setting maybe a a little bit louder some music maybe in the background and I would just be part of the group and I would not understand a word. Literally, I really? would only understand train station. <laughs> like, I would just be there, listen, and, like, everyone would, would laugh. And I'd be like, wait, now I'm not even sure. Did I, like, not catch the words? Yeah, that, that happened to Do me I not too. understand the reference? Because it's, like, a pop culture reference. Yeah. And I don't know what the pop culture reference is because I grew up in a different culture. Or, like, yeah, is it a language thing that I don't understand the joke because it's a wordplay or something like yeah. that? It's just you feel dumb. And in the no, beginning... That's true. I would, I mean, of course, you're, like, taught to always ask if you don't know something. And Americans are super, super nice about those things. But there just comes a point where you don't want to ask all the time. You don't want to be part of a party. Yeah. And then every two minutes ask, ask, like, what did this person say? What did he say? Why was this funny? Why is this Why is this cool? Yeah. Why do people love this song? You just, like, pretend that... You're laughing with them, and yeah. then you just, like, grab another beer and just, like, drink another beer And instead. I think that's an important point. You just have to give yourself grace and time, and you're not going to understand everything no. at first. And definitely not. Um, even even when you do reach a really advanced level, there's still going to be things that you don't yeah. understand. Like, you still don't understand. Like, you hang out with a lot of German speakers, like me and our other yeah. German friends, and sometimes we'll just suddenly make a reference to like Der Gerät or yeah. Stefan Raab or something and like we had that where you were like wait which one was Stefan Raab again yeah, exactly. and like as a German to us it's just hard to imagine that someone would not know who that yeah. is but that's because we kind of forget that you're not German because yeah. your German is so good <laughs> yeah but you just have to give yourself space and really choose your opportunities to ask yeah because um, like you said you don't want to be a burden on the people around you or mess up quote-unquote mess up the flow of the conversation but um you'll find those friends that you have that you can be like hey what was that or I don't get that can you explain that to me so don't feel like you have to understand everything at first yeah you won't and you won't won't. it took me forever to understand what nah meant nah Nah? (laughs) when someone just like sees you in the hallway at work or something they're just like nah (laughs) yeah I mean that doesn't happen in my office in Germany too often because they're all Bavarian (laughs) yeah It's a weird way for Germans to like pretty much say hi and how are you all in one word, but they also don't necessarily expect an answer. No, the response to na is na. Na? (laughs) And that took me forever to understand. So give yourself time and don't don't get upset about it. It, Yeah. Everything just needs, everything takes time and, um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully from this episode you have gotten a a better idea of some of the cultural things that will or how would you say that in English? Some of the cultural things that you can expect when going to Germany as an American or coming to the U.S. as um, as a German or a European. Um, and yeah, then, and just like being lost in general wherever you go. Like it might be a totally different country. Exactly. It's, it's going to be normal for you to feel lost and to feel dumb and to feel like you have to relearn how to be an adult pretty much. And that's much. completely normal, it's normal and it's part of the process. So give yourselves... Yeah. Give yourselves time and be easy on yourself. Yeah, definitely. And like, we're going to talk about language a little bit more in that other episode that we It takes planned. a little more preparation to talk about language too. So that, yeah. that, we'll, we'll make sure that we really take some time to come up with some good um, examples, you in English probably, mm-hmm. and then me in German of things that took us a while and we didn't really understand until we were in yeah. 
in that country, in the opposite yeah. country. Like too. some slang or yeah. just some colloquialisms. Yeah. Oh man, I already have some ideas. <laughs> I don't want to get off track. <laughs> write them, now, write so them down I'll right write away. Them down. But um, yeah, guys, let us know what you think of us going a little bit longer because like obviously this episode was a little more chaotic and longer than we had planned but i think it's just because in the beginning we have all these things that we want to talk about yeah we're just like too excited to wait for an episode when this would actually fit in so like we just put it out there right away um but like maybe give us some feedback you can go to our website you can go to our um, instagram page you can message us there um you can go to patreon and support us there it's always understanding train station everywhere understandingtrainstation.com understandingtrainstation at gmail.com is the email address that you guys can send yeah Um, send us an email yeah give us some feedback because I would I would like to know if like people prefer us just like talking and coming up with the things exactly just like whatever crosses our minds or if people would prefer to actually have it structured which I can totally understand if that's the preference too Um, I actually just like um realized that I had another thing that I wanted to say in this episode about tipping because that's very different in Germany and the US too but I'm just gonna say that another time because we need to wrap it up now so yeah give us some feedback on how how you guys have liked the structure so far I know Mm -hmm. we're only two episodes in but um, we'll constantly be seeing what you guys are saying and trying to make adjustments for it exactly so we're we're very open to that and we we really appreciate you guys spending this what probably a little more than an hour with us oh yeah over an hour for sure yeah so (laughs) Um, yeah, make sure that if, if you enjoyed this episode to leave us comments, subscribe, whatever that looks like. Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, of course, you can also um, leave us a YouTube comment. Uh, yeah, in addition and then to also give us things. five stars on what Apple podcasts. Yeah, all the podcasts. Um, if, if you think we deserve it. But. Uh, and I even mean, if you don't. Then just like, I guess, give us five stars anyways. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. And next episode is going to be about the work life office culture just like what's different working in the u.s versus working in germany um what are the regulations um paid time off vacation what's the visa process and all of that and we're actually gonna have our first interview guest yeah so if you guys are tired of just hearing us tune in next week because there'll be a third (laughs) voice on here and it's gonna be a really great topic because that is actually going to be something that i've also never covered on my youtube channel before Mm, so for all the people that came over from my channel this is going to be something totally new because it's something that I personally don't have a lot of experience with yeah. so Josh and our guest Niklas are going to be the two people mainly talking about this so stay tuned for that next week um, and with that I guess we're just gonna say bye for now <laughs> we hope you all have a great week and we look forward to uh, spending some time with you next week okay macht's gut tschüss have a good one <laughs> servus, servus.